0: 96.7 FM WTOB, and you're listening to The Wealth Guardian Show with Doug Ray. We're helping you to retire the job, but keep that paycheck. With me today is Bryce Payne, and today we've opened up our mailbag once more, and Bryce and I are going to be answering some of your questions that have rolled into us over the last month. Good morning, Bryce. How are you?
1: Good morning, Doug. I'm doing well. Happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to everyone else out there as well.
0: It is getting that time.
1: It is. Uh, college. The agony of college football season is over for us, I for know. the most part. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, Aspen coming in. You've got some, some you're going to have your family together for the holidays. Yeah, uh, yeah. Looking forward to the next couple of weeks here. But, uh, Doug, why don't you go ahead and uh, do that uh, Wealth Guardian Service salute for us.
0: As we always do every show, we want to reach out and we want to say thank you. We appreciate your service to all of our veterans, our active duty service members, our first responders. We appreciate you so much, your sacrifice, your family sacrifice for what you do. It does not go unnoticed, trust me.
1: Love you guys. Thank you. Thank you for your service out there. And Doug, thank you for your service in the Navy as well. All right, Doug, uh, what are we talking about here this week? We are doing the mailbag, aren't we? Yeah, i got some good questions. Both segments, first and second segment. Yep. We're going to be answering our uh, our uh, listener questions out there. And just as a reminder to you, if you want to go ahead and email us a question, uh, you can Well, you can, you can can call us and, uh, and phone in your question, 336-391-3409. Or you can email us at info at thewealthguardians.com as well with your question. Just give us the basic details. Just like you're going to hear coming up now from David, and David uh, writes us from Stokesdale and says, Doug and Bryce, I have an annuity that I bought nine years ago, and it will mature in a year, right around the time that my wife is scheduled to retire. I'll have the option of turning it into a lifetime income or moving it into a different investment altogether. Which should I do?
0: You know, this is a good question, and I'm glad it surfaced now because... These income riders became very popular about 15, 10 to 15 years ago. And right now they're starting to come of age, which means that people that have them uh, have this option. Do they turn it on now or do they wait? Do they continue to let it grow? Very good question. You know, I was just dealing with this the other day with a, a client from, uh, from Charlotte. Uh, She's going to retire in about seven years. Uh, Her income rider is due to reset, which means uh, it has reached its 10-year limit, but she has the option of continuing the growth part Mm -hmm. of it, which is a 7% per year roll-up. And I recommended to her that she continue to do it because by the time she retires, uh, she'll generate about $1,000 a month. Uh, in retirement income that's guaranteed to last her the rest of her life. So in her situation, it, it, it made a lot of sense. Now, in this person's, David's situation, you know, I don't really know. I can't give you just a out-and-out, black-and-white recommendation, keep it, turn it on. Do Not something with the different. limited
1: information that David it, gave me. Exactly.
0: I mean, it, you may have an incredibly good uh, program there, and it might, may fit your needs perfectly. I just don't know without more information to wrap
1: around it. And David, some of that additional information that Doug and I or any uh, fiduciary financial planner would need to know to answer that question uh, more appropriately. uh, Here's some of the questions that I wrote down when looking at your question. Do you need the income? Because if you need it in, in your, your um, income that you've already got from Social Security, maybe some pensions, isn't enough to meet your expenses, then having more income might be the right option for you. But if your answer is, no, I don't need the income, so I've got a pension or a, my Social Security amounts are going to be more than enough for me income-wise, then that starts to lean us in the other direction and say, okay, then maybe not taking income from this is, is going to be better for you. What is your risk tolerance for loss? That's a key question that we have to understand and know before we can answer that question. Uh, What is your life expectancy? Another one. And is is that option for, do you have an option there of getting a joint payout for you and your wife? Um, So if you were the first to pass, will that keep paying out for your wife? That's another question we want to ask. And another one that comes to mind for me is what are your legacy goals? Um, If you have turned on income on this, that is uh, very likely to be money that you can't get back in the end should you pass away. Well, do you want to leave a significant amount to your kids? And if so, do you already have that part of the puzzle taken care of? So there's just some of the questions, amongst many others, that uh, Doug or Garrett or myself, David, would need to understand before we could kind of point you this direction or that direction to your question. But it is a great question.
0: Yeah, it is. And, Bryce, I want to point out one other thing here that I picked up on. He says we'll mature in a year. Annuities don't mature. They're not CDs. Right. Okay. So maybe what he's saying is it comes out of surrender. Right. That's the way I interpreted it. And maybe he's in the same situation as Georgiana was from Charlotte where he has to reset, has the option to reset his income rider. But again, all those uh, variables you just went over would be very important to know in being able to answer his question with uh, some detail.
1: That's exactly right. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to the Wealth Guardians. And Doug and I this morning are taking questions from our mailbag, from our listeners out there. And we just got through with David who asked an annuity question. And we're going to move on now to Alexis. And Alexis is writing us from Rule Hall and says, Doug Garrett and Bryce, my husband is 13 years older than me and he's retiring next year. The only life insurance he has is provided by his job. So he'll have none once he retires. Should I take out a policy on him since I'll probably outlive him by several years? And Doug, you've spent, uh, we're both uh, insurance agents, and uh, there's certainly a proper place for insurance in many people's uh, retirement lives. But what are are your thoughts on what Alexis is writing us?
0: You know, Bryce, I, I truly love our listeners. I really do, because without them, we wouldn't be here right now. But what I don't like is they don't give us any detail behind the question. Again, this question begs for more detail. You know, at face value, I could say, yeah, you probably do need to take out more life insurance on on your husband. You are 13 years uh, younger than, than he is. But again without knowing things like, well, what's his health like? Right. Uh, do you need life insurance? Do you have debt that you need to cover? Do you right. still have an outstanding mortgage that if he passes away prematurely A life insurance policy would be wonderful to have to pay off that mortgage
1: what is his income versus her income
0: exactly and can you get a new life insurance policy that has the um living Living benefits benefits. in it that means that you can turn that life insurance policy into something that will take care of you if you need home health care or even nursing home care Uh, so lots of detailed questions around that question so it's impossible for us to answer here on the weekend on this radio show. I'd invite you to come in and let's sit down and take a look at your situation and let's figure out what you need to do.
1: Well, let's make that right there, Doug, our call to action this morning. The way to reach Doug and myself and Garrett is by picking up the phone and calling us at 336-391-3409. All the questions that you're hearing from David and Alexis and others this morning are questions that we help you answer by going through a planning process with us. There is no cost or obligation to sit down with us, and we can help you take a look at all the details of your financial portfolio, your income, your expenses, your debt, et cetera, your tax situation, and see how we can better align your portfolio to best serve your goals and objectives in retirement. Again, no cost or obligation to do this, but you do got to give us a call, 336-391-3409. Uh, Douglas, try to get to uh, Jerry here in uh, Moxville. All right. Jerry says... Doug and Bryce, I'm retiring soon, and I asked my financial advisor when I should think about starting my Social Security. He seemed completely befuddled that I'd even ask him the question, and it didn't seem to have any insight. He didn't seem to have any insight at all. What am I missing here? Shouldn't this be a basic part of retirement planning?
0: Jerry. Easy answer. He's absolutely right. It should be a basic part. And, you know, we've seen this a lot. People come to us and said, our previous advisor had no idea how to figure out Social Security. Well, folks, guess what? We do.
1: We do. We are certified with the National Social Security Association. And Jerry, you are absolutely correct. It is a basic part of retirement planning. It's one of the main sources of income that you're going to have in retirement, and you want to make sure that you're filing correctly. So to do that, you need to sit down with a uh, somebody who's certified with the National Social Security Association and uh, let us give you an answer on uh, talking to you about the different ways you can file and what makes the most sense for you based on your life expectancy and your other forms of income in there jerry that's a great question and we're going to get to more questions uh after the break here and so it's time for us to go into the break and uh, doug are you ready i'm ready it's trivia question time it's time for the wealth guardians trivia question of the week doug listen carefully "'Twas the night before Christmas, (laughs) Oh gosh! (laughs) and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in the hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there.'" I can go on and on. I've got the entire poem in my hand here. You don't have to. So we all know the beloved story, and uh, we refer to it as that first line, "'Twas the night before Christmas.'" It was written, as best accounts go, by Clement Clark Moore in 1823. Here's the question, Doug. What is the true original name of this poem? It is not. Twas the night before Christmas. Oh, my. All right. That is a sign that Doug has no clue. If you didn't if you catch the nuance of Doug's sigh there, that's what it is. <laughs> I hope you have a clue out there, because if you do, you're going to stick around through the break here. This is Bryce Payne. With me is Doug Ray. This show is The Wealth Guardians, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. And this is 96.7 FM WTOB. FM WTOB. You're listening to The Wealth Guardian Show with Doug Ray, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. I'm Bryce Payne, along with Doug Ray. And in this second segment this morning, we're going to be taking more questions from our listener mailbag, just like we did in the first segment. Now, before we get to our trivia question, I've got two questions for you. Are you looking forward to your retirement? And do you want to make sure you are making the best financial decisions for your retirement? Well, hopefully you answered yes to those questions, and if you did, I've got great news for you. We here at The Wealth Guardians offer a no-cost, no-obligation, second-opinion review of your retirement plan, including a deep analysis of your assets, investment portfolio, insurance policies, income needs, risk tolerance, risk exposure, tax mitigation strategies, legacy goals, and the fees you are currently paying – Our goal is quite simple. We want to help you lower your fees, align your risk, and improve your overall retirement picture so you can retire the job and keep the paycheck. But the ball's in your court. You have to give us a call. Our number is 336-391-3409. That number again is 336-391-3409. Give us a call or visit us at thewealthguardians.com to set up your financial plan review with Doug, Garrett, and myself today. Remember, the markets aren't going to wait for you. And now, let's go ahead and get to that trivia question. Doug, are you ready? I
0: guess. It's time to get Doug's best
1: guess for the Wealth Guardian's trivia question of the week was the night before Christmas and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in the hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. It goes on and on. It's a, a famous poem that we all know. And we usually refer to it as Twas the Night Before Christmas. It was written in 1823, by all accounts by Clement Clark Moore. And my question to Doug and to you out there this morning is... What is the true original name of this poem?
0: Doug? Well, Bryce, um, in my almost 66 years of being on this planet, I think at some point in time I have heard the answer. But i got to tell you, I mean, generally I have a guess at uh, some of your trivia questions, but you've got
1: me completely stumped and defuddled. Uh I, I do not know. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's understandable, Doug, because I think a majority of the people out there aren't even aware that that's not the real name of this uh, poem. It's, uh, we, we, we call it Twas the Night Before Christmas because that was, that's the opening line from the poem, is that it's actually called, well, if you think you know the answer to this, this is probably what you're going to say, a visit from St. Nicholas. And for the most part, you would be right. However, the true, true, original name of this was an account of a visit from saint nicholas oh my
0: goodness gracious but most
1: people who think they know the answer will say it's a visit from saint nicholas i'll be honest with you all transparency aside i knew it was called a visit from saint nicholas i had no idea that the original title was an account of a visit from saint nicholas so if you got that out there congratulations to you um doug we we stumped doug yet again on on this christmas type of uh Questions here, but uh, he's going to be back in the game once I get back to American history questions. (laughs) All right, Doug, let's go ahead and get back to our listener questions now. All right. And uh, we took questions from David and Alexis and Jerry in the first segment. And now we're moving on to Susan in Burlington. And Susan in Burlington says, Doug and Bryce, what's better term, life insurance, universal or whole life? Simple question there, Doug. Well, Susan, let me answer your question by with asking question. you a question. <laughs> I used
0: to love it when all my professors did that yeah. in college, you know? So, Susan, what's better, a hammer, a screwdriver, or a saw? Love it. Now, obviously, neither one is better than the other, right? It's just a tool, a tool that you use. You don't try to hammer a nail with a saw or a screwdriver and all the other stuff. The same holds true for insurance. You know, term insurance is meant for one thing. Uh, whole life insurance is meant for another, and universal life is meant for another. It depends upon your need and your goal. Uh, for example, term term is going to cover you for a certain amount of time to insure you from a unexpected early unexpected death. Ideally, to pay off a mortgage if you pass early due to an accident or unforeseen health reasons. Student loans, maybe. Student loans, something like that. It's not good at all for estate planning needs because you can't tell me when you're going to pass away. It is the cheapest form of insurance, no doubt. And uh, it's cheap for a reason.
1: There's no cash value to a term policy. No cash
0: value. And 90% of all term insurance never pays a death claim. So that premium is all profit for the insurance company. Whole, so that's a term policy. Whole life, on the other hand, is absolutely guaranteed. So if you're a very conservative person, you might want to use whole life. Universal life. There's a lot of different universal life policies. There's indexed universal life, which can grow greatly with the market. There is a straight up dividend paying um, universal life policies. You can get universal life policies. In fact, you can get all these insurance policies that have the living benefit riders on them. So, Susan, you, you bring a simple question without a simple answer. It depends. That's it depends. always our favorite answer, right? It, Around is. Here. it is. Yeah, so it would really depend upon you and your needs, your family, and so forth.
1: And, Doug, you took uh, you said it more poignantly than I would have uh, with the, uh, the hammer and the saw and the screwdriver. And basically, it's Susan, it's, it's what problem are you trying to solve with that? Depending on the problem, there's going to be a better, one solution is going to be better than the other for you. And we'd like to sit down with you and see what problems you're needing to solve and think you need to solve and see if we can... Put forth an overall uh, retirement plan that might include insurance policies for you, may or may not, um, but you can't do that without sitting down with a fiduciary financial planner who is a retirement specialist. And if you want to do that, just give us a call at 336 391 Now, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Wealth Guardians. And Doug and I are taking uh, listener questions from our mailbag this week. And we just took a question from Susan. So now we're going to move on to Frank in Archdale. And I like this question. Frank says, Doug and Bryce and Garrett, I'm already retired and had planned on my wife working another three years. And then I like this part. Because she's younger than me, not because I'm a tyrant. Okay, I get it. But we just found out that we're about to be grandparents for the first time. Congratulations, Frank and Mrs. Frank. Um, she wants to retire this year to help take care of the baby now. How do I convince her that this is a bad idea? Bryce,
0: I'd really love the way Frank tippy-toed himself around this question. <laughs> He's not a tyrant. He's a slave driver. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, hey, you know, when the grandkids come, I mean, that changes a lot of things, doesn't it? I mean, it absolutely yeah. does. Uh, I've certainly experienced that wonderful joy and uh you know, it, it it changes a lot of people's planning. And uh, to be honest with you, Frank, I can't answer your
1: question. I don't know. Well, uh, he makes an assumption in here. How do I convince her that this is a bad idea? It may not be a bad idea. Frank, you've got to convince me and Doug that it's a bad exactly. idea first. And yeah. uh, we have a way of – I don't think you need to convince her of anything. What, what I think needs to happen is – you and she need to be shown facts Mm -hmm. and numbers. And we have the software here at the Wealth Guardians where we can input all of your data, how much you've saved, what your expenses are, what your Social Security is going to look like, what your pensions might look like. And we can tell you uh, very easily by showing you numbers whether or not it's a bad idea or not. So I think the proof is going to be in the pudding. If you feel that you need to convince your wife, Frank, then you bring her into a financial specialist, a financial planner who's a retirement specialist, and more importantly, a fiduciary, and let them or us present the numbers to you, and that that should do the job for you. But you haven't convinced Doug and myself yet, Frank, that it's a bad idea. Um, Are you just afraid that it's a bad idea and you don't really know this? Or do you have some concrete evidence it's a bad idea? Because that's what she needs to be shown.
0: You know, Bryce and Frank, I'll tell you this straight up. I mean, we have a lot of folks who come in and see us and they have this preconceived idea in their head that they can't retire if this mm. happens or if this doesn't happen or, or so on and so forth. I mean, here's here's an absolute case uh, study, real-life case study. Working with a client right now, she's a brand-new client, she had it in her head that she could not retire from her job unless she had $100,000 in cash in the bank. Now, this lady is going to retire with a pension. She has absolutely no debt. Mortgage is paid off. She has uh, nearly a million dollars in her 401k plan. And she has another six, $700,000 in investable assets. And she spends like $2,500 a month. Yet she had this preconceived idea that retirement was impossible unless she had this $100,000 in her account.
1: We, we get that all the time. Absolutely. We had, we had a client recently who, when they came into the planning process with us, which, by the way, is about a four-meeting process in most cases, no cost or obligation for that. But he was convinced that he wasn't going to be able to retire until he had $1.3 million. I don't know where he came up with that number, but he'd done some math. And he only had $800,000, and he wanted to retire within a couple of years. So he's going to have to do a lot of saving by then. Well, we showed him that if he just keeps putting the same amount into his 401k that he has been, he doesn't need anywhere close to $1.3 million. Now, maybe you out there do. It all depends on what kind of income you've got in retirement versus what your expenses are. It's really, it's a formula that it comes down to. But Frank, it's all a numbers thing. And we want to help you understand those numbers. And that's what it comes down to. And so if you if you are convinced that that she can't retire right now or that you need to come out of retirement, maybe that's a less tyrannical uh, answer for us than you making her stay at work as you come out of retirement. But uh, I don't know that that's necessarily the situation. And uh, we want you to be convinced and we want her to become be convinced as well. Exactly. All right. And so if you want to sit down with us and help you convince uh, convince you of whatever the true answers out there are in your retirement situation, whether you're Frank, Susan, Jerry, Alexis, David, give us a call, 336-391-3409. That's 336-391-3409. There is no cost. There's no obligation to sit down with Doug Garrett and myself and see how we can uh, help realign your portfolio to better suit your goals and objectives. Doug, we're getting close to the end here. I think we've got time for one more, and it's Ted in Greensboro. And Ted says, I really want to protect my retirement money. I'm not a big risk taker at all, but I also feel like I should be getting a better return than the stable value fund in my 401k, what that provides. Should I loosen up and be more aggressive?
0: Hey, that's another great question. I like it a lot. Um, You know, the Fed has been increasing rates. Uh, we have certainly seen Treasury rates uh, go up on the on the short end of the yield curve.
1: And thus stable value and fund returns go up?
0: And, and it should, but they lag mm-hmm. the Fed and, and rate increases. So you got to keep that in the back of your mind. Um, a stable value fund is not a bad place to be. Uh, but should you go out and throw money into the stock market right now? I don't know. I think we got a a recession ahead of us next year, and I think the market right now is a bit over its skis, thinking the Fed may pivot here anytime soon because some of the inflation data seems somewhat positive. Unless you have a protected equity position, meaning that you have downside protection, I would not jump into it right away. But what you could do is ladder some short-term treasuries.
1: It's all about having a yeah. balanced, portfolio. balanced portfolio. Right. And so uh, I wouldn't recommend to anybody out there, Ted, or anybody else, that you have 100% of your assets in just one fund, whether it's a right. stable value fund or the S&P fund. It's about creating diversity and balance. Uh, every investment's got strengths, and every investment has trade-offs. And that stable value fund, you, you hit the nail on the head, Ted. The trade-off is a low rate of return. And yeah, yeah you've got safety up the wazoo for you. And that's great, but you're not getting any return. You know that. But, uh, Ted, give us a call, 336-391-3409. Doug and I would be happy to put together a full financial plan for you and see what that uh, overall retirement portfolio should look like. And, Doug, I think we're out of time here.
0: We're dead out of time.
1: All right. Well, thank you for joining me. And uh, out there, thank you for joining Doug and myself. We hope the rest of your weekend is everything you want it to be. This is Bryce Payne along with Doug Ray, the show's The Wealth Guardians, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. And this is 96.7 FM, WTOB.